This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I want to continue our series on trusting Father, and um, I thought this was going to be the end, but um, just in prayer, the Lord has has told me a couple more uh, areas that we're going to cover before we finish the series. You never finish a series; it just keeps on going. But because there's so much in God, but you remember when we started this series, talked about an article in U.S. Today that talked about the most dominant belief in America about God is that he's authoritarian, he's he's angry, he's judgmental, he's waiting to zap us and to destroy us. And which surprised me, uh, it was even greater in the South. 43% of the people in the South believe that God is out to get them. He's an angry God. And when you understand the cross and the price that was paid for us, you understand that judgment was put on Christ, and God's not an angry God. He loves us. He's pursuing people to bring them into the kingdom. So we started looking at how, Father, how we can trust Him, and how when we know how good He is, and what a good Father He is, that we can trust Him. And we need our mindset. We need to Uh, that truth to be renewed in our minds that we know that he's a good God and he is is for us, not against us. In Psalms 119, verse 68, it says, You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Teach me. It says that we come to God, we're to learn of him, learn of his good ways because he's good and all he does is, is good. That means that he always has your best interest. He always has the best for you, so we need to trust him. Can you imagine trusting someone who loves you unconditionally, who is always there for you, knows what your purpose is, knows how you were created, knows the future, knows everything about you, yet is so in love with you and wants to give you direction, wants to give you insight to the path that you're to walk. We need to trust somebody like that. And 1 John 4, verse 18 says, We need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us If we are afraid is for fear what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced he really loves us. And we've been looking at how to trust Father. And and, uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Rob uh, brought a word about trusting him in intercession. We've been looking at trusting him by our prayer life. And how many remember that picture that he put up, the bridge being the cross? I mean, there was many sermons in that picture. I was just fascinated by the picture. I want that picture. <laughs> if you weren't here, I mean, it was a bridge made out of the cross. So powerful. But I want you to know that bridge will always stand. It's not a weak bridge. It's a strong bridge that will last throughout eternity. Jesus is our bridge. 
to the Father. So grateful, so thankful. And John 6, 38, so I want to talk about today is being fathered by Father. Being fathered, trusting Him to father us because that's so important. And Jesus is, part of His assignment was to show us the Father. In John 6, 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 14, 24, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. And then in John 14, 7, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. How? We can see the Father when we look at Jesus. You want to know Father God? Look at Jesus. Because Father God, his character, his life is so displayed in Jesus. When you see Jesus, you're seeing the Father. Jesus is the display of the Father's love. He is the display or the model of the character of our Father. What a great picture that we have when you look at Jesus' life. We can understand and see who the Father is. So today, I'm going to talk about trusting Father to Father us. When I talk about Father, many different emotions come up within many of us. I've had people tell me, I hate my Father. My Father was never there. Uh, My Father was uh, abusive. And all these type things, uh, it stirs up emotions because the greatest perspective that we have of Father is initiating comes from our parents, from our earthly father and, and mom, the parents. They give us the perspective of Father God. So the people that have the most trouble trusting Father are those that have been brought up at home that was not really stable, did not reflect what God wanted. Not that anyone is perfect, but they steer you towards the perfect Father, the perfect one. And I've also had people tell me, I love my Father, I respect my Father, I thank God for my Father. We need earthly fathers, but let me tell you, there's a need greater than that, And it's the need to be fathered by God. Fathered by the perfect Father. The one who loves us and always there for us. In uh, John 14, 18, it says, I will not leave you fatherless, orphaned. I will come to you. You're not to be fatherless. I was reading the other day that 85% of the young people in prison had no father. There was no father influence in their life. See, the greatest need is that need is that need to be fathered. The most important relationship is God the Father fathering us. That's the greatest need that we have. And we, why are people thinking that God is, is this way? Because they haven't been fathered. They haven't seen the Father. 
Well, the church, we represent Jesus Christ. Who should people see? The Father, as he really is. So you see this in your notes. The greatest need is the fathering that can only come from God. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. (laughs) Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are, each of us, a temple in whom God lives. We sang about that. We heard about that this morning. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them, move in them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and the compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. Father wants you all for himself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be my sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God. Do you see here a heart of a father that wants us and desires us? And here's the truth. We have the greatest need within us is to be fathered by him. It's a, not a, a, a want in us, it's a need in us. Another translation, 2 Corinthians six seventeen. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Now, he's not saying be separate and never be around a lost person. I mean, no, that would be impossible or not to interact with with lost people. He's saying to separate you from the influence and the molding and the shaping of this world. Separate yourself from that. Separate yourself unto Father where he can shape you. He can mold you. We're not to be molded and shaped by this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind to the Word of God or to what Father says. Let Father influence you. But we are to touch. How are we going to ever reach someone if we never are around those that are lost? We're to show them the Father. We're to, we're, our relationship with them is not for them to influence us. We're to influence them. We're to be shaped by the Father, by his love for us. I love that when he wants us all for himself. It says, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. When he says, I'll be a father to you, that's in the most intimate, personal sense. God is a personal God. Father is so personal. He will speak to you. He will talk to you. He'll be there for you. It's a personal relationship with him. That's so different than what the majority of Americans think. They don't think about a relationship. They're thinking about someone with a hammer ready to beat them down. But God the Father lifts us up. 
He shows us who we really were created to be and loves us and guides us and directs us. He's a perfect father. He's a good dad. Do you love him this morning? But just like in the natural, we choose to be fathered by our father. You make a choice to receive the, the wisdom from your father and your, your parents. It's a, it's a choice. But if they're serving God, you need to be listening. Because they've walked in some things you haven't. So young people, you need to be listening to your parents. They love God. What an advantage that you have. What a blessing that you have parents that serve God. You're blessed. Because there's so many that can't say that and don't have that. You know, the world talks about separation anxiety. They talk about kids who are separated uh, from their parents or, or, or maybe a, a father's gone and they, they can never measure up. They always feel like they're not good enough, that something's missing, something's wrong on the inside. And that's normal when you're a small child. It's normal to have that. And there's things that you can do to help bring that independence in them. But even adults still have that separation anxiety because they were never really fathered. But I was thinking about if the world has that, what about something that's even deeper than that? Separation anxiety because you are not fathered by father. Separation anxiety because you're separated from Father God. Because that's where real life is. That's where you really become fully alive. It's when Father is fathering you. It's so good to have Him in your life. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I, I'm not going to read it all, but the prodigal son here in, in Luke 15, but one of my favorite stories, you know, you have the two boys and the younger one says, I want my inheritance now. And he goes and the Bible says he wasted his life on riotous living or he just partied, he just was worldly and spent all his money. And it got so bad that he was ready to eat the pig's food. Now, for a Jewish boy, to be excited about eating the pig's food. <laughs> Pork is a no-no. And he's ready to eat the slop. That's how bad it was. But it, the Bible says he came to himself. Says, I know of a father. That even in father's house, the servants are better off than what I am living in the world. Molded and shaped by this world. I've lost everything. I'm going back to Father. And he comes back home. And you remember it says the Father saw him from a great distance. And ran him down. I can just see it. Tackled him. Kissed him. He's all over him. And the young man, he's trying to repent. Said just, I'm sorry. I have sinned against heaven and against you. Just make me one of the servants. And it's like the father just almost ignores it. He's calling for his servants. Bring the ring, uh, the family ring. Bring the robe, bring the sandals. He restored his son back into total sonship. That's the father. That's our God. He's for us, not against us. 
He's a good God. He's a good Father. Restored. But see, what I find most Christians, though God is a God of forgiveness, but they don't know God is a Father. Most Christians stop that He's a God of forgiveness and don't move on from there. See, this story is about more than God's forgiveness and God's love. It's about, or let me say it like this, the way I have it in your note. Christians know the forgiveness of God, but most stop there. It's not the goal. Forgiveness is not the goal, but a means to an end. What's the end? A relationship with Father. That was... That was what forgiveness was about. It was a means to bring relationship with Father. To come home to Father. That's what it was about. That's what God was after. He restored him. And I want you to know that sonship here in, in scriptures, it doesn't mean just a, a, a male. It means male and female. It means a child of God. In Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. One of the meanings of, of being led here is to take around as a companion or to walk with. In fact, the, the picture in the Greek is... Someone coming along and taking your hand and walking with you. Have you ever had something that you didn't want to walk through alone? I mean, can you go with me? You ever had that? I want you to know there's always situations in our lives that are bigger than us. Bigger than what any person on this earth can do for us. But I want you to know there's one that will walk alongside you. There's one that will take your hand, it's Father, and lead you and guide you and provide for you and supply for you and protect you and be there for you and give you wisdom, give you insight, give you comfort, show you your destiny, show you your future, show you your purpose. Be there always for you. Father God is in love with you. Tell your neighbor, I have a father that loves me. He loves you. He's for us, not against us. But you have to choose to trust him to father you. Because he will tell you, no, don't do that. Do this. He will speak to you. He'll get it across to you. Led by the, by the Spirit. You know, one thing that Lord ministered to me the other day. And in January, like all of you, I do my goals and have all my goals out. And always have one is God, two is my marriage, three is children, four is church. You know, you got your lineup. And, you know, I've taught this for years. You know, you got your lineup, God's priorities, number one. And the Lord ministered to me and said, that's wrong. wrong I said you're, you're number one yes I said number two is wrong 
My relationship villain? I thought that was second. Am I mixed up? He said, no. Number one in your marriage is me. Father is number one in marriage. When I center my marriage around Father, around Jesus, my marriage gets blessed. When I center my relationship, my kids, around Jesus, that relationship gets blessed. Your job, your business, every single area of your life is to have Jesus in the center of it. When you go to work, you're to go to work with Jesus being in the center of your life. Your finances, Jesus is to be the center of your finances. It's okay to get wealthy, but if Jesus is in the center of it, you'll have his purposes in mind that trump your purposes. What about entertainment? Jesus should be in the center. Father should be in the center of your entertainment. Well, pastor, it's going to mess up my entertainment. You want him to father you? He should be in the center of your music. He should be in the center of your TV watching, what you read, your vacation, your rest time. He's to be in the center of everything. If you want him to father you. But let me tell you how good it is. How good it is. How peaceful it is to walk with Him, to be His. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus went into the wilderness. Do you not think that Father prepared Him before He would face the enemy face to face? He was prepared. How was He prepared? He was prepared in private. Private Overcoming the things in private will always lead to overcoming things publicly. See, God will, the Father will work with you privately through your issues and through your things, and He'll help you. And yes, He'll send people around you to pray and to help you. But see, Father, Father Jesus. He always got away and he talked to Father. Now, if Jesus needed to be fathered by God, I'm no rocket scientist, but if Jesus needed to be fathered by Father, I need to be fathered by Father. (laughs) Says the Spirit, he would not give us that spirit of bondage to fear. See, if you're fearing God, you don't really know Him as Father. You would not receive that spirit of bondage to fear, but the spirit of adoption. Spirit of adoption. You're not to go fatherless. That places you in position to be fathered by God. Adopted into His family. His Belonging to him. You're not to be fatherless. In the Old Testament, they saw God as creator. They saw him as the authority figure. They didn't know him, God as father. It really wasn't revealed to them like it is to us. So we don't see him talked about as father in the Old Testament much. In fact, he's referred to 15 times in the Old Testament. Referred to as as Father. But the new 
covenant, the New Testament, he's referred to 268 times as Father. As Father. He is the Father that you've been longing for. That you've been needing in your life. Abba is a term of endearment that means dad or daddy. You say, Daddy God. Dad. That's our Father. In Mark 4, 35, He went a little uh, further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from Him. And He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. He could have said, Mighty God, Creator, but He called Him Daddy. Jesus did. Jesus in the toughest situation, tougher than anything we will ever face. He cries out to God, to Daddy God. He cries out to Him. And I believe the moment they cried out to Him, I believe He received strengthening. I believe He received grace. I believe He received everything He needed to fulfill Father's purpose in His life. Well, what about us? We need to call out the Father in those places, that, those tough times, the good times, all the time. We need to call out the Father. And you know what will happen? Love and peace and strength. He will strengthen you just like He did Jesus to face the most difficult situation that you could ever, ever face. Father believes in you. He has more faith in you than you do yourself. Say, my father loves me. My father believes in me. Thought about David and his son Solomon. You know, David was a man of war. He was always in battles. And we'll always have some battles. But David, that was his life. His son Solomon... David was the king of Israel. His son Solomon would uh, take his place and become king. Solomon was a life, had a life of peace. It said that he was the wealthiest and the wisest man ever lived. He, he had more peace than any other king. But see, Solomon had something that David never had. Solomon had a father. Who believed in him. Jesse. David's father. When Samuel the prophet came by. And said one of your sons will be king. Of Israel. Jesse brought seven sons to him. And left out the eighth son. Who was out in the field. Left him out. That was David. Can you imagine. Samuel's going, is there anyone else? Oh, no, I can't think anybody else. Oh, there's one out in the field. Oh, it's not him. <laughs> Can you imagine the rejection? <laughs> and then David marries the king's daughter. He said, man, maybe, maybe this father-in-law, maybe he can get some fathering, a father figure there. No. His father-in-law is so jealous of him, he tries to kill him over and over. Solomon had something 
David never had, and that was a father that believed in him. We all need a father to believe in us. We all have that personal need. And it may not happen in this earth, sadly. It may not be your earthly father. But I want you to know you have another father who is a perfect father. And it's always there for you. And you can call upon him. And he'll take you by the hand. And he'll strengthen you. He will supply. He will guide you. He will protect you. He'll be your security. He'll be your joy. He'll be your peace. I'm not saying we don't need earthly fathers. We do. They should reflect and model the Father. And we need men that will rise up. Every boy needs a father that believes in him. Every boy needs a father that will model and show the character of the heavenly Father. Every girl needs a father that believes in them and will model and show them the husband that she needs in the future. And give her the love and the security that can only come from an earthly father. But you know what? If you don't get that on earth, God has set up his church. He set up his church where there would be family and be spiritual fathers. Where there'd be pastors that believe in you. I understand and realize one of the greatest gifts I can give you is to believe in you. That's what spiritual fathers do. And that's what family's about. That no one's left out. No one is fatherless. Even in this earth because of the family of God. Because of the church. We need our father. A fathering relationship with a perfect father. You can trust and count on. Let me close with this verse. Hebrews 13.5 from the Amplified. He, God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you what a powerful statement. God the Father will not fail you nor give you up nor give you up. He's not going to quit on you. He's pursuing you. He's after you. He's relentless. Nor leave you without support I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. He's got his hand and his on your life holding you. Whether you're letting him father you or not, he's got you. Because he's a good father. And he'll not let go. And some of you need to trust him about your kids because everything that Father has promised you and told you about your kids will come to pass if you'll not quit and trust Father. Because he's not slack concerning his promises and everything he showed you will come to pass if you'll stay in faith and believe him. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We trust you, Father. You're a great dad. Daddy God.
What an honor that we can call you Daddy God. That you're personal with us. That we can talk with you and walk with you. That you are the answer. You are the solution. You always supply. You always protect. You're always there for us. You never leave us or forsake us. You never give up on us. You never quit on us. We may fail you, Father, and we will fail you, but you never fail us and you never quit and give up on us. Your love never stops for us. It's constant and always flowing towards us. We love you, Father. We praise you. I want to give you an opportunity with every head bowed and every eye shut to accept this God, this Father. This Jesus Christ who loves you. How do you do this? You come to Him. And you know the Bible says to check your heart. I want you to check your heart. I'm going to ask you. If something was to happen to you. And you were to die, would you go to heaven? Now evaluate, what did you answer? If you said, well, I think so, let me tell you. Let me be honest with you, because I love you, and tell you, think so will not get you there. No one gets to heaven because they think so. Well, my parents said I'm a Christian. Nobody gets to heaven because your parents said you're a Christian. Well, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Well, let me help you. It takes more than that. Even the devil believes that. The Bible says that you give him your heart and your life. That's how you get saved. You might think that you're saved, but see, when you say those words to Him, the proof is in, is your life His? Are you walking with Him? So you have a choice. It's your choice. He loves you so much. But here's the thing. If you haven't given your heart and life to Him and trusted Him as Lord and Savior, you're going to hell, not heaven. The Father wants you to go to heaven. He wants you all for Himself. He's in love with you. He wants you to have a great life. I want you right now say, I need to give my heart and my life to, to the Lord Jesus Christ that I can come to my Father and be fathered. That you just lift up your hand and say, just be bold. Say, that's me. I'm lifting my hand now. I'm getting it right with God right now. No more playing games. No, no more. There's some in here you think you're saved and you're not. That's the reason I'm saying this and doing this. You think you're going to heaven, but you're not. 
because you've never given your heart. Maybe you did, but you never walked it out. Maybe you just said something and never walked it out. I'm going to ask you to do something very bold right now. Stand up. You lifted your hand. Be bold. Stand up. The Father says not to be ashamed of Him. I'm going to ask you to do something else. I'm going to ask you all to come down here. If, if you can't walk in this safe place and acknowledge Him, how can you do it in the world? I want you to come down here and receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. There's some others that have not been walking with God. You have in the past, but you haven't been walking with God. And you've been living your own life. And you need to make a choice right now to stand up. You know you're supposed to be standing up and be down here. Stand up right now and get down here. Sean, stand up. I don't normally... I'm not going to apologize. This... Y'all know me. I don't normally do this. There's one time I went, it was a youth ministry, I went to a person, and what was really bad, I fought with God over this because it was a visitor. And I went to him and said, you are lost. God is calling on you. He started crying, and of course I'm going, oh, thank you, Jesus. I had him come up, and he told me afterwards, he said, I just told God, if you're real, that man's going to have to come down here and get me. And he said, there you came. And he said, in my heart, I said, God, you're real. <laughs> I want prayer partners to come down. I want you to pray bring these into the family. Strengthen them. Each of you need to be in the discipleship class. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 1573 or toll free at 866 383 8277.